Hey, what's happening? Hope you're all doing well. It is Tuesday, November the 16th, 2021. I had to look it up for a second if you couldn't tell. I momentarily forgot. Meant to do a show yesterday. I've been on the road again, and it wasn't going to be my best, and I try to be my best, and I wanted to see a few more things, how they played out, and we're going to have a good one today. We're going to, of course, talk about Rittenhouse, what happened to Steve Bannon, a little COVID, going to get into some of the um, the mainstream media's reporting and then reprimand, really, of CNN, daring to discuss how Kamala Harris is actually hurting Joe Biden. I mean... Joe Biden, I would think, couldn't be hurt politically any more than he is now. And then you add in Kamala Harris and she actually makes it worse. The only thing that surprises me is that she's losing her protected status. And we'll talk about that because she is a woman of color, right? And regardless of the semantics, you've got really a big double whammy there for being labeled awesome by the left, whether you are a foolhardy mouth breather or not, right? I mean, she is as dumb as a box of rocks, as my dad used to say. And I'm not just saying that because I disagree with her literally on everything, literally. And she's a peach. She's right there with Obama. And I think I've found a couple things like how he enforced the border, actually, that I've agreed with Obama. So she's worse. I promise there's not a person on this planet that could seriously argue to me that Kamala Harris is an intelligent person if we were to put together a montage of just her speaking. And she's one of the most condescending individuals out there. We'll talk about it. We'll get into it and what that story meant. But first, a major development and one that is, I think, tipping the cards in our favor is Steve Bannon. I mean, of all the people for the left to pick, to pick on, right, to make an example of, I think they picked the worst possible foe. I think Steve Bannon is going to try to be the next Oliver North, right? Ollie North, when he was in the military, he was the guy that was brought before a Democratic Congress and ripped about the Iran-Contra conspiracy where we were arming people in South America to fight communists. I really don't have any problem with it, the idea. But as things go with the CIA, it got a little bit out of hand. And uh, if you're watching Narcos Mexico, season two really starts touching on this. I haven't started season three yet, but it's really good. Very interesting. So Ollie North was supposed to be destroyed. It was supposed to destroy the Reagan administration. And the guy was heroic. There were people, I remember parents, mine included, wearing pro-Oliver North buttons. And this catapulted him into a brilliant career uh, that led to him being one of the top Fox News contributors, author, documentary filmmaker. I mean, the guy became a political icon. Steve Bannon already is. He's the one of the most demonized guys by the left, and he feeds it. He's, he's a Trump guy. He helped Trump get elected in 2016. For the most part, I like Bannon. Now, he is one of those guys that you can't even talk to him that the election might have been kind of a steal. There was definitely illegality, Steve, but maybe not as bad as we thought. I mean, Steve Bannon And his YouTube show exploded after the 2020 election. And he's hung in there. I mean, he's constantly on top of it. He's now on Getter, which is that competitor to YouTube that I just subscribed to because I want to watch his show. Now that he was brought in cuffs before the January 6th committee under a subpoena. And what was he arrested for? What is he being charged with? 
It sounds ridiculous because it is. It's contempt of Congress. I mean, first of all, how many Americans don't have some contempt for Congress? Not many. I don't even think they've brought, they've covered or been over 20% for an approval rating in years. So like literally, I mean, it doesn't mean people have contempt. I mean, that like that's like the most deep hatred, which I have politically for liberals in Congress and many Republicans. Like the 16 that supported Biden's infrastructure bill that didn't have any money to reinforce the border wall or any protections. That's infrastructure, Joe. Of course, it's not the kind he wants. He wants money going to centers. There's like $15 million in that infrastructure bill. I believe it's, yeah, it is. Going to gender-confused adult centers. I'm not kidding. I'm paraphrasing. And I would definitely piss off the LGBTQRZ people with that one. But that's what it is. I mean, that's your taxpayer dollars. I mean... I don't know. It's for people over the age of 55 that are having issues changing gender. I imagine it's an issue because you've been a man for 55 years and you want people to magically see you as a woman now. That's going to be hard, especially with the holidays coming up. So Bannon showed up. I didn't. He didn't say anything. And, and the reason he's he's got a legit defense to pleading the fifth, which we know now liberals don't like if they disagree with you. See Kyle Rittenhouse. And I'm going to make a point to compare these two situations. But I want to catch you up. You you probably by now know that the last person or the last time Congress has charged somebody with contempt for them, like, oh, you're not going to come in, you're not going to appear, we're charging you with contempt, which is punishable by one year in federal prison. The last time they pulled this was in 1983. I haven't looked it up, but I'm going to take a fling that it's related to the Iran-Contra hearings. Now, did that person go to jail? No, no one's gone to jail on this right? Believe me, we're in different times. They want, I honestly think they know Bannon well enough to know that he would would not have come to appear before the January 6th committee on the first request on the subpoena like Michael Flynn and others haven't. So Bannon's the one they targeted. I don't know why they didn't do this with Flynn, why they're choosing Bannon. I mean, Flynn's got a huge following, but Bannon is a center for the hard right even guys like me on some issues, and unfortunately, but maybe we can use them now, QAnon. I mean, Bannon makes some great arguments for some of the things he talks about with the government, with the deep state. I don't deny some of them, but Bannon is as far right as they come. I do like him. I do like what he overall stands for. I'll go on the record. I'm not an anti-Bannon guy. Do I want him front and center trying to get people elected right now? No, he's a lightning rod. I don't think he's good for Republicans trying to win and take control of the House and Senate in 2022, for example. And luckily, Steve Bannon, I think, knows that, right? So Bannon is going to parlay this whole thing. I guarantee you, whatever his views were on Getter a week ago, they have tripled, quadrupled, whatever. Bannon is willing. He'll take the one year in prison. He'll end up serving nine months, and he'll be like Mandela light to the conservative movement coming out of prison. And so I, I think they realize, crap, this guy doesn't care. He doesn't mind being handcuffed in a congressional hearing. I mean, that's a joke. And of course, he's released and he's not in, you know, he's not being held in, you know, God, can you imagine Congress putting him in like pretrial confinement for this? This isn't a court of law. What we're seeing is shamelessly now out in the open, 
which is why I said these are great times. We're going to take punches, but liberals are showing us their ass. And it's not just us. They're showing independence their true level of hatred. And they've always been hateful towards people that disagree with them or question them, right? I had teachers, leftist teachers in California that hated being questioned, especially by boys. It was a whole feminist thing too, really weird um, and concerning. And we've got that whole fight going on because finally that has seen the light of day. They Trump brought them out, right? He's like catnip. He brought them out. They lost all self-awareness, what little they had. And now they're openly using Congress to go after political opponents. And I'm, I don't think I'm exaggerating as I'm saying this is a bigger step towards communism. That's what they do. That's how they maintain power. They make it impossible for you to disagree with them. Scared to. They have people reporting you. COVID became that, right? And so... Um, Bannon's now going to maybe appear, but he is quoting a legitimate precedent in executive privilege. And I re I looked that up again. I've looked it up before. It's essentially protection for the president, his office, the office of the president of the United States in infinity, right? In perpetuity, even after they finish their term, it protects their communications. It protects what happens so that a president can speak openly about something with his or her staff thrown in the her. Um, but without retribution down the road, because all of these things are recorded or there's notes, it's official record. Well, most presidents, regardless of party, respect their predecessors in that regard. Biden, of course, hasn't, right? What they did is they, they knew this would come along. They have smart lawyers, White House lawyers. When this all started months and months ago, and they were putting together these hearings, they said, hey, Trump's going to, Trump's going to call He's going to appeal to executive privilege here. It's the first thing we would do. The good lawyers tell you what the other side's going to do as best they can. And so Biden and his people, his people more than Biden, knew they had to build this up. Everybody from Pelosi to the Washington Post, they all communicate within the Beltway. They had to make this seem like such a horrifying thing, not just because a cop died from a health issue that might have been related to what happened there or the violence or how bad it looked. It was a riot. They had to make this into an act of war, which is what insurrection is. That gives Biden the political cover, at least for his own side, and maybe some independence to deny executive privilege for Trump, which he's done. And so they're subpoenaing, and it's going slow, all of these records of what was communicated on or about January 6th, 2021. Well, Bannon, like a good, like a good team member, right? Like a good soldier, is not going to talk about it while Trump still has executive privilege, and he still does, only certain documents have been handed over, right? So they've got to go through this process to get all these documents over, and Bannon's not going to go out there talking about something that is protected under that communication. He, he may plead the fifth through this entire thing and end up going to jail for contempt of Congress, frankly, to his own benefit. I can tell you all right now, if there was a cause that only the worst-case scenario I, didn't, I wasn't going to hurt anybody. I was going to stand my ground. And the punishment were a year or less in federal prison. Uh, that's an investment. First of all, they still have gyms there, right? I'll do shit tons of burpees, eat three, right? Three hot in a cot. I'll get yoked and I'll come back and I'll be a leader. I'll stand by it. I mean, just from a marketing and branding standpoint, you're shooting to the top with something like this. 
But Democrats have always been prone to emotional decisions. It's how they vote. We're in a time that's way beyond what the average was. We're in a spike in freakout that has plateaued at the highest level and has no, shows no sign of declining in how they're making decisions and how they're going after people. And let's talk about Rittenhouse. This, there was a recent move by the judge and really by the defense team that led to the one weapons charge being thrown out completely. Not because of a legal error or an oversight by the prosecution, is that because they charged Kyle with illegally carrying an AR-15 at the age of 17, they finally had to look at it in court, and the law that hasn't changed, that's been there since this all started over a year ago, clearly states that in Wisconsin, that type of rifle was legal for Kyle at 17 to be carried. This is disgusting. In If you look back at where everybody went, the every piece of hate mail, post, call for him to be hanged in the last year and a half, or year and four months, started with the fact their big premise was he shouldn't have been there and he was carrying an illegal weapon. Well, he wasn't carrying an illegal weapon. And the shouldn't have, should have been there loses a lot of weight if the weapon's legal. And if you're legally carrying a weapon, concealed or otherwise, nobody gets to tell you when or when not you should be carrying it. Now, private businesses, I've never agreed with this, can do this whole 5150 thing where they can say, hey, regardless of the law of the land, the moment you step in here, you cannot carry a weapon of any kind of firearm, concealed or otherwise. And so um, Kyle, though, was never in one of those locations. Completely legal at 17. I mean, damn, I'm surprised Wisconsin hasn't tried to change that. The Democrats, the far left over there, are kicking themselves. But of course, they all knew. The legislators, people in Wisconsin knew that was the law. Even worse, I think press eventually found out and chose to hide it. But what incompetence for an entire media organization, the Washington Post, the New York Times, to go down this road for over a year and never do the research only to find out that a judge throws it out. The prosecution didn't even bother to have a replica of the weapon in court for someone to measure it. The defense team knew they knew. So they had a, a um, measuring tape and they ended up using it for something else in the closing arguments to talk about four foot distance. He said that. Right, the the defense the defense attorney that did the closing, who did a pretty good job, uh, he he used it. But he said, "I had this here actually to measure a weapon, which I didn't have to measure because the prosecution knew the law." What's sick about these people and the DA who chose Binger to prosecute this case? They've known the law this whole time. They're in fucking Kenosha, Wisconsin, but they let that charge sit until the very end, and I think it backfired because the jury that was selected today. The 12 of however many people have watched this, 12 plus 6 alternates, they have seen this charge, seen arguments based on this charge, and now it gets thrown out. The whole premise where they started in arguing for Kyle to go to jail for the rest of his life on five supposed murder charges and all these violent charges that he has, they built it off of this sixth charge that he shouldn't have been carrying because it was illegal. It's part of their story. It's part of their theme. It all just fell apart yesterday. It gets tossed. 
when it frankly should have been tossed during pre-trial, should have been part of a motion. I think the defense knew this all along. Think about it. If they got that thrown out early, it gives the prosecution a chance because after these pre-trial hearings, these different motions, the actual trial date set a couple months down at least. Lots of preparation to argue these cases once a jury is selected. Right? All these motions, things happen with just the attorneys, the defendant, and the judge present. I'm pretty sure the defense team knew this was a no, no win, right? And could have had this thrown out and said, hey, here's the law. Let's look at the weapon, measure it. The judge would ask the same questions he did yesterday, right? He said, hey, or is it Friday? It was probably Friday. I keep saying yesterday. He said, hey, what's the measurements? Is it legal or not? Prosecutor's like, oh, I think it's legal. We don't have it here. Because like, we're tossing it. You can't, you can't charge this kid or prosecute him for a charge that you can't even prove. You don't even bring in evidence to prove that, even though they had a rifle, the same one there for the closing arguments, right? The defense team, I'm pretty sure, I'm almost 100% sure, was brilliant in this. This wasn't an accident that this charge hung in until the jury got to see it and find out it's thrown out right before they deliberate. Awesome move. Incredible move. He just now kicked the leg, or at least one critical leg out, from under the theme that the prosecution has been arguing for weeks. Huge move. If it was accidental, it's the effect is the same. It shows incompetence on the prosecution, right? As the defense attorney reminded them yesterday, during one of the motions they made to try to call somebody back who had some had privilege basically because they had pending charges and had plead the fifth amendment. The defense had to remind Binger that it's the prosecution's duty. It's their burden of proof that the defense doesn't have any burden or expectation to call anybody. That's why you prosecute the case first. That's why they make their arguments first and the defense goes second. Right? And of course, they have to share everything. The defense doesn't just prepare after. They're preparing ahead of time. But they have to be reactive. They don't want to be too reactive. They want to be as ready as they can be. Um, but this is incredible that this weapons charge gets thrown out. It was like, boom, just like it's out, tossing it. And I think he's done great. Do I like that he probably is a big-time patriot, that he thanked veterans on Veterans Day before they started? Hell yeah, I do. That makes me feel a little better. But he hasn't made it easy for the defense. He's done his job when he chews out the prosecutors for going after Kyle, for taking his Fifth Amendment rights. The hypocrites they are. Claiming Fifth Amendment and not allowing somebody to be called that might hurt their case. Later, Binger actually, he knew it probably right after. He just stepped in it. When, When that judge asked the jury to leave, Binger's emotions got the best of him when he went after Kyle and tried to reprimand him in front of the jury for not talking to the Antioch police that night. I mean, what a, what a, it's beyond a misstep. And it is the, it, you, you go down that line too long, it's a mistrial. And now the prosecution's lost all that money, has to start over if they want to. He's lucky the judge didn't do that. And I think in smaller, less profile cases, they might have. Because that could taint the jury. Because the jury doesn't see the judge chew him out. The only thing the jury comes back and knows I mean, it knows that the prosecution, it's clear they had to walk away from that 
and they, the prosecution was definitely corrected. Um, but look at what's happening here. We have Bannon being brought in, and we have at the same time the end, almost the end of the Rittenhouse trial. Let's talk about the narrative we've heard for the last year, right? Right after the election, regardless of evidence video, this was an insurrection, right? January 6th was an insurrection and it was coordinated by Trump and his people, his allies, and they should all go to jail, right? It's an act of war. Rittenhouse happens during the summer of love when his city's being burned. By the way, the juries, all those jurors were there, had a front row seat for rioters and malcontents destroying their community. We saw that, and then the same emotional angle is taken and adopted in mass, just like January 6th. And we've been told, just like January 6th was an insurrection, Kyle Rittenhouse killed two people and tried to kill a third, that it's murder, and that he's a white supremacist, and that anybody who questions it is to be dismissed or worse. That's what we were told and that it was illegal. And then they add, he shouldn't have been there. And we have a prosecutor that literally uses the word heroes to describe the rioters. That's how insane they are. And I don't want to oversell it because if you've heard me before, we provide enough evidence. We've all talked amongst ourselves. We know how crazy they are, or at least we thought we did. And they seem to still surprise me to this day. This is now the standard. If Jacob Blake attacks you with a knife and you're white and you shoot him defending yourself, you are a murderer. This Rittenhouse case is much bigger than even being about an AR-15, which I think had Kyle used any other weapon, there's no trial. The assault rifle, which AR doesn't stand for, but the assault rifle concept, because it's not a real term for a firearm, is a romantic obsession for liberals. They want anything, they, they'll even say semi-automatic, which is just about every handgun you buy, they want it all banned. They've got people in law enforcement that don't want you able to carry a weapon and don't want you able to have a weapon, a firearm, even if it means defending yourself. And what Rittenhouse has gone through, and I hope his sacrifice, my God, more so than I hope this child, because I'm sorry, he was a child when it happened and he looks like a child. I just can't imagine him going to jail for murder for this. I'm horrified at the possibility that it's up to 12 people. And I pray and I have faith that the evidence that we all saw is more than enough for them to acquit him. But let's step away from that. We have to. What's the bigger issue? This is a precedent to go after you and to scare you from carrying a weapon or even owning one. Because if Rittenhouse is convicted of anything violent, of murder, especially of the two that he killed, the pedophile and the wife suffocator, I don't even like saying their names, Rosenbaum being one of them. And they really honed in on Rosenbaum. I think that's their, their best odds of the three violent charges. And i do not saying best, meaning they're good. But if one of those sticks and Kyle gets convicted, all of us, have to take pause and say, should we carry a weapon? Should we own one? Do I think it will deter me? I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, from carrying it, it will. Because think about, I think about when would I, and I take it seriously. I've done 
I probably don't train enough, and that's why I don't carry it concealed hardly ever. And I will when I have time to train, but I've had training. And I think I'd be very hesitant to squeeze, but I look at the scenarios Kyle was in. In all three, I would have fired. All three. Somebody's chasing me. I'm not going to let you get your hands on me, whether I'm armed or not. If I'm not armed at the time, I'm going to try to arm myself. I'm not, I don't fight fair. I'm looking for something to bludgeon you with or better. End it quick. Am I going to keep hammering you when you're down? No. I want to incapacitate you though. You're going to feel it for a few days and you might be eating through a straw. Whatever it takes for me to be safe and those around me. And there's no better way in most cases to ensure that, ensure that than by having a firearm. That is what is on trial here. Just like your freedoms and your ability to politically disagree with those in power is on trial in the January 6th hearings. So these are bigger than, that's bigger than one day than January 6th. And Kyle Rittenhouse's trial is bigger than one day. These are jumping boards for heavy liberalism moving into socialism and communism. Because precedents will be set here. Rittenhouse is a big one. If and when he's acquitted, knock on wood, we now know that prosecutors around the country are going to be very hesitant to take somebody to court and charge them with heavy charges for shooting someone in self-defense. That claim of self-defense with a firearm will be emboldened. And Kyle Rittenhouse will be a hero for that cause, obviously unwillingly. And the whole should thing, I his mom, the regrets that woman, I, you can see it in her face, her body, her just overall demeanor. The guilt she must feel that she took her kid there. And, you know, people will talk about parents giving their kids things and capitulating in scenarios. I've done it. We can all judge each other. I don't think I would have done that. But I'm not her. And, you know, this is what I can see is somebody who doesn't have a husband around. There's no man in Kyle's life. This kid believes in what he's doing. He was going to have, he did have male role models around. I don't know what, how good they were. And she didn't foresee this. The regret she must feel. Because we know in hindsight, for Kyle, for Kyle, we know it would have been better that he had not gone you can't say it would not have been better this is horrible for him no matter what happens there's no way anybody would want to go through this now there's something we can't say this isn't a perfect vacuum we're in we can't say that innocent people would have been just as safe if Kyle wasn't there because you know which side he's on talking about people need medical attention helping people and there are other people with him and if I'd been with him and willing to testify, and I don't think people were, this is a dangerous one to be around. This case is dangerous. People will lose their jobs. I would lose mine. Even if I went there and just testified to the fact that I felt safer with Kyle being there for a rifle, I would receive death threats. Any of us would. And we would lose, most of us would lose our jobs, especially in states like California. Because this was guilty until proven innocent. And even if and when it, he gets an acquittal for all charges, nobody on the left, they've already prepared their argument that this was a terrible trial, the judge was terrible, and the prosecution did a shitty job. 
And eventually you're going to hear that there was only one black man on the jury, right? And it's racist. And the jury's racist. This is one of the things that scares me because they were not sequestered. I am not a judge. I was never a lawyer. I don't, I know that sequestering a jury is a big deal. It can be, it could be grounds for an appeal. Not sequestering could be too. But these people after today, I don't, I can't imagine, they're not going to reach a verdict on five charges today. They shouldn't. The optics would be terrible. If they come out, regardless of what they find, they, they just can't. I'm hoping they all went back there and folks like us are in there and be like, let's go through this quickly, go through all five and get a vote and see where we are. And I doubt you're going to have right off the bat, you might have some abstentions or not sure. You got to give people a chance to ask questions. But hey, where are we at? Right? Um, what's that great movie they remade? Um, Jack Lemmon, I think, was in both. Um, 12 Angry Men. God, what a film. The original's the best. The, the remake wasn't bad. The actors like Edward James, James Almost are in there. Covers some really great cultural and racial issues. Uh, I don't think I saw the new one. I, I need to watch that. But 12 Angry Men, the original. And shame on me for not naming the main actor. A guy carries it. I mean, they all, they're fantastic actors in it. And I believe Jack Lemmon... I'm pretty sure he was in the original. I know he was in the remake. See that one. Watch it as soon as you can. 12 Angry Men. Get an idea what can happen. Because the opposite can happen. You can have 12 people. 12 or 11 to 1, day one, saying, hey, we know the kid did it. We know he's a murderer. Right? And let's just get this done. It's an incredible story. It starts. There's no courtroom scene. It starts the moment this jury goes in to deliberate. Um, can't recommend it enough. It's a classic. And um, that's what's happening now in some regard, right? You have people deliberating and they are going to argue with each other. And there's probably some people, God forbid, I can imagine there are some people, maybe just one, that need to be swayed one way or the other. My God. Worst, I, I can't, there's no way 12 people, can't imagine 12 people coming down on any murder charge saying he's guilty right off the bat. But some are. Right now, there are people that have brought in their own bias and that why, why this is why sequestering is important. There are people that are afraid to face family members and so-called friends who know they're on this jury. They got to own it the rest of their lives if they acquit him. And there is violence right now. You, you, if you are outside that courtroom, that courthouse, in Kenosha, there is um, there is dueling protests of people for Kyle. God, there's an Antifa flag. And you know that group's promising violence. Now I want to go live. I, mean, I should have said the time. It is going on. It's almost noon Pacific right now. And 45 minutes into deliberations, um, as protesters gather, no justice, no peace, Killer Kyle must not go free. Two dead in Kenosha. They actually have a picture of the child rapist next to that. They have no scruples, these people. Um, now, here's the live updates. I'm going to scroll down. Where is... In the, so we don't know what this clarification is. Um, it just says Rittenhouse jury, and it updates on its own. I'm refreshing it. Ask for a clarification. I don't think they can share with us what that is. So 45 minutes in, they had a question. I don't know what that means. 
Um, it could be something somewhat irrelevant. It could be big. Um, maybe something like, what's the law? I hope, I, I like that. The more they ask about and go to the law, the better it is for Kyle, right? That emotions aside, politics aside, I think that's best for him. And, you know, now there's just five charges and they're in there and the jury has no criminal act on Kyle's part by showing up. So the should he have been there is just purely opinion and it is absolutely not relevant. It has no bearing now. Not that it did before, but this helps him. So um, we'll see. And as I go on, I'm going to have another probably 20 or 30 minutes here. Lots of fun. But I know the two issues I prioritize, Bannon and Rittenhouse, have got to be first and foremost, and they are related. These are two witch hunts, right? These are two purely subjective attacks on individuals in an effort to change everything in this country. And it's a big one. I think the Rittenhouse, if you look at the Constitution and the Second Amendment, could be of bigger impact into the everyday lives in the short term of Americans. Because don't doubt it, if he's convicted of any of these, all of us have to be concerned. There is a precedent, and these prosecutors will be emboldened. It depends on where you live. Will be emboldened to come after you especially if you're white and God forbid you shoot somebody who is a person of color. Think about how far we've gone with this and everybody involved were white males. Just imagine if it would have been different. Scary. Uh, Fauci is clinging to relevance. The good doctor who still has his same position is basically saying there is a misplaced perception about people's individual right to make a decision that supersedes the societal safety. So Dr. Mengula Fauci, I'm not going to dwell into this, he's still getting time on CBS Sunday morning, and they dragged Ted Koppel out, right? Super lib Ted Koppel who you'd think would have a few questions about where his party's going today, but he's too scared to say anything because he's still getting a paycheck as a senior contributor to CBS, which means he might might work once every couple months, and he can go to meetings when he wants to because he's a legend there. Um, And they talk about Trump and what he said about Michigan and Virginia being locked down, and Fauci's, you know, he tries to be middle of the road, but he's obviously pissed and disappointed based on what he says that Trump didn't involve him in those decisions. Because Fauci, you're an unelected bureaucrat. Your MD is in question. Why do you hide in the government? Why do you want to work for the NIH this long? Probably because your short ass can't hack it in the private sector. And this goes for a lot of government workers and, and employees, and especially people who run for office nowadays. They're not. These aren't people that come from the masses. Are people? A lot of these guys are just were staffers in Washington, staffers in state houses, and they just they get a law degree and they run for office somewhere, and they get picked by a political party. Fauci's appointed by those people, right? And he's had this position way too long. He's on record being incorrect way too many times, and he still gets time on sham media outlets like CBS. Um, 
I want to talk about Republicans that supported the infrastructure bill, bill the, the one-off from the big mega bill that I don't know if they're going to be able to pass now. And Biden waited a week before signing this, which is interesting because this was so urgent and people were, as he said, driving up across bridges holding their breaths. Now they're going to be saved by the government, apparently. So you got $1 trillion in infrastructure now signed and into law. Money's going to start hitting wherever the fuck it goes from the government to accounts for the lowest bidders for contracting projects around the country. And 13 Republicans in the House made sure Democrats, I think I said the Senate earlier, uh, the House is a thin margin. And these Republicans, prop, they didn't need to vote. When I say thin margin, the Democrats control it. It would have been close. But 13 of these people, um, mostly, are they all blue states? No, one guy named David McKinley of West Virginia voted for it. He must be somewhere that's hurting. This guy's in West Virginia. He lives in a Trump area, right? This is the same state Joe Manchin's fighting his fight within the Democratic Party. So McKinley of West Virginia must be one of these guys that will be seeing the money soon. His, his constituents, he wants to get reelected. They're going to see this. You got Anthony Gonzalez in Ohio. He's pretty liberal. Don Bacon of Nebraska. He's a big rhino. Other guys, I mean, you got New York, New Jersey. All right. Chris Smith, I know, big lib out of Jersey. Fred Upton of Michigan. Don Young of Alaska. Uh, super granola guy, if I remember correctly. So 13 rhinos, right? I mean, we might give McKinley a break in West Virginia, but at least 12 on record voting for infrastructure that doesn't do anything for the border wall in the midst of this massive crisis. And at the same time, there are hearings with Mayorkas, who is over, um, what is Mayorkas over? Homeland Security, I believe, who's been caught in a lie, it looks like, based on leaked documents, claiming that, they're catch and, that there's no catch and release going on. That's the best way I can summarize it. And in this letter that Fox News acquired, it clearly states that the policy was to encourage catch and release and to assure people that they were not going to get rounded up. There was not going to be any issues if they show up for any court dates. My God. So we are colluding with people that are breaking the law. And again, I have no problem with people coming here to work, to contribute, bring your cultures. You have to assimilate some, right? We don't throw sewage in the street and we pick up our fucking trash. Okay. That's what I mean when I say assimilation, right? There are certain things we do. And part of that is learning English as best you can. It's going to make things easier for you. Just like learning Spanish for a lot of us makes things easier for us, right? And so this is different. You're now, they are fully still incentivizing getting here and getting picked up. And if you read about what's happening on the border, they're not fighting it. They're trying to get picked up by border patrol, and the traffickers are taking them basically to places where they know they'll be picked up because they're going to get released into the United States. That's the policy that Biden overturned. The same policy that a court, the Supreme Court has upheld for now and the Biden administration is ignoring it because they know better. They don't believe in separation of powers. They don't believe in three branches of government. There are, there are no extra branches on a tree of monarchy, Right? in a communist dictatorship. And that's the way they like it. Look at Great Britain. Look at places all over the world that love a royal family, that love a monarchy. I'd say 30% of this country would gladly go to something, attend an event with Barack and Michelle Obama, literally worshiping them and, be, and supporting them being monarchs, 
a royal family in charge, handing it over to the Obama family, they would do that. I'm going to guess 30% of of Americans would be okay with that if you catch them at the right emotional time. They're nuts. But this is a... I go to these liberal sites like Politico to see what they're worried about. And that for the longest time, first in the beginning, they didn't express any words about Joe Biden. Gaff, gaff, okay, whatever. He gave everybody a check. We're going to be fine. Yeah, Kamala sounds really stupid. She's new, but she's a woman of color. We can't say anything. Now it's getting so obvious. Don't think that they these liberal outlets, which are almost all of them, are having some come to Jesus and are learning. What they're doing now is they're communicating as part of the Democratic Party to the Democrats. This is advisement when you see articles cautioning investments or spending too much and it not working. Because if inflation doesn't come down, right, the fears of inflation are going to get worse than inflation alone. And it's a certain wipeout next November. It's almost... I mean, it's almost a certainty if nothing, really, if nothing changes, they're toast. Republicans are going after and putting money into districts that were light blue or solid blue eight months ago. They're looking to pull upsets. They've got their base. They they already believe they have enough in the bag to take Congress by a slim or decent margin. They want to wipe out a true red wave next November. And they're seeing daylight opportunities in areas that no one would have thought. A lot of these purple states, talked about it before, Arizona, Michigan, right, Wisconsin, now Georgia, I guess, right, but areas that are really should be safe. And what you're seeing in reaction, because there are internal local polls being done all this year about these elections, you got a lot of Democrats, more than normal, retiring, getting out before the slaughter. Uh, You have a big prominent Democrat, she's 71, named Sears. Um, in California, very powerful, right-hand lady for Nancy Pelosi. She's retiring. Some Republicans are too, but the ratio's way off. And there's something there. It can't be denied. And so the the Dem candidates that are staying in, they're going to go all in with Biden on the spending bill, on infrastructure, and whatever they'll end up signing in reconciliation when the deadline in December comes essentially for the big socialist budget that right now they want to be about 1.75 trillion, right? That gets them closer to that three and a half trillion they proposed initially. Manchin's out there saying absolutely not because one thing about Manchin, and I was talking to somebody from West Virginia about this recently, West Virginia's big on coal, and I didn't know this, but my friend pointed it out, Manchin's family are coal people. Not just his constituents, not just his neighbors, his blood. And this is West Virginia, right? We're talking kin, okay? And when you look at infrastructure, but more more so at the new budget that Biden's trying to cram down everybody's throats, big hits on coal, big incentives for electricity and other green energy technologies that have not done well so far like wind that just don't have a strong future without serious innovation and they're going after coal and they're going after oil they're talking about shutting down another pipeline they're not going to build anymore as gas prices skyrocket as 
in parallel with everything you buy in a grocery store and everything else going up. So the hit on the American wallet is catching up to people. And the timing of an election year next year for Congress and big state governor offices like Texas, where Beto O'Rourke is pretending he has a chance. I don't I don't want to get too cocky, but this is a guy that has the balls to bitch and moan about the power grid in Texas being ignored when he was a representative in Texas from El Paso. That takes gall. But Beto O'Rourke is just all about running for office, right? This is the guy that thought he could be president of the United States. What a joke. I mean, he did better than Kamala. So he's got that going for him. But, um, and he might be VP if Biden hadn't said he was going to, of course, put a woman of color in. But you got all these elections going and the media is really scared. The anticipation of what would, if you had those elections today, it's over. It's over. We need a change. And people know it, independence especially. It's a long way back in the next 12 months for Biden and the Democrats to try to win these people back. Things have got to change. Now, unemployment's decent. It will probably continue to closely get back to where it was or maybe it it peaked there already where it was for Trump. People are finally going back to work because they've run out of unemployment benefits. And we've known there are jobs for a long time. This isn't anything Biden did. Only, I mean, it's the only reason. They would have extended benefits if unemployment was okay. Believe me, that buys more votes for them. They had to make that decision because they had to force people back to work because they got to have some statistic in their favor. Nothing else helps them. Absolutely nothing. Approval ratings, nothing. Faith in the party, way higher for, the Demo- for Republicans, especially on the economy. People are tired of COVID. Biden had no impact. You've got cases increasing in states with the toughest mandates, with vaccine requirements. I'm not going to tell you why all those lockdowns didn't work other than it's unnatural. And you're trying to take an unnatural solution up against something of nature. And they think they know this virus. They think they know what it does. They have no clue. I think the vaccines worked and I think it works to an extent. And I think it makes sense for a lot of people, but it's their choice. I don't think I'd, if I'd have gotten through getting, and I'd been sick with COVID, I wouldn't have gotten the vaccine. I wouldn't have. I don't blame people. Natural immunity is real. Sometimes I wish that's what I had. But um, it is bad news. And, you know, this anxiety about the economy, about inflation is an opportunity for Republicans and they're seizing on it. And the Democrats are married to their president going in to these midterms next year and they're going to have to allow Biden and Harris to stump for them. You, you can't have them not there in most of these races. And what do they, I mean, when you have Bill Clinton, he just got out of the hospital. Obama again, didn't help in Virginia. I mean, Obama campaigned against a black woman, the Lieutenant governor who won the first black female Lieutenant governor of Virginia. She doesn't count even though she's blacker than Barack because she's a conservative. So they don't count. But this is a problem. You've got, you've got a Texas Democrat who just switched to the Republican Party over the border issue. He's down there. Chaos. Right? This guy was, got, got one interview on Fox. Right? His name is Ryan Gian. And I don't know what his district is, but I'm sure it's not North Texas. But he cited his now former party's backing of defunding the police 
and the compounding crisis at the southern border under Biden. Two major issues. I mean, you tell you go against cops, which includes border patrol agents, and you ignore rampant illegal immigration. You got problems in Texas, especially well, of course, with Republicans, but independents. It's a big divider down here. There's a big Democrat in the San, uh, San Antonio, South Texas area district. Very pretty prominent Democrat. I think his name's Gonzalez, who's had a back and forth with the Republican, but. I mean, he's liberal on a lot of issues until you start ignoring the border. And it's a big problem. He's a Democrat. So it's a, it's a, it's, you know, it's happening. And right now at the midst of this, why did I bring up Biden and Kamala? I'm going to paraphrase this, but CNN just did a story about, and this has been, there's been a few that have, I say, leaked out. They, they don't want this to be front and center. And CNN is getting heavily reprimanded by the left for publishing a story about how Kamala's weak, how her staff is chaos, how she is with her lower approvals. I mean, she's below 30% approval where Biden's below 40. It's like they're 38 Biden, 28 Kamala Harris. So she's actually an anchor on a guy whose approvals in the tank already. She condescends worse than any public speaker I've ever seen. It's psychotic. She giggles at the wrong times. It's a cackle. And she just, I don't know if you saw it. There was a clip of her last week in France, which nobody paid attention to over there, uh, with Macron's staff touring a lab, talking about a partnership. And she steps forward to speak and she's talking to some audience. I'm, I'm thinking it was probably employees of the lab and press and took on a weird French accent. So already a condescending person strives harder like Hillary would do to be more condescending. And then she's worse than Hillary. I mean, Hillary would talk to you like somewhat of an adult. Kamala was talking like she was teaching a kindergarten class, the body language, the opening of the eyes wide, the hand gestures and the tone were all somebody describing, let's just say, the solar system, like she did with middle schoolers a few weeks ago. That is a cringy clip. She did the same thing to adults about a policy and partnership with France to develop pharmaceuticals. I mean, she was doing like a, it was like a Sesame Street episode. She's freaking horrifying. So we want her stumping for Democrats. That's the the funny thing is Democrats have to accept her because make no mistake, it is racist if you don't let her stump for you. There is already one woman out there in the media claiming that Kamala Harris's lack of support is racist, that she should be getting more help from Biden's staff. Her image should be receiving assistance from Biden's team and it's racist that she isn't. I'm sorry, bitch. The president of the United States should have something better to do than worry about the image of his dumb queen, which is what she is. She's a queen. She had a coronation because of how she looks. Nothing more. And that's all she is. She And she wants to be more involved. And the more she's involved, the, the worse she makes it for Democrats. Please, let's all pray for them to continue to cripple themselves with their own wokeness 
and then forcing themselves to involve her. Because if they don't, there will be infighting. That is the biggest problem for the Democrats. It's why all these retirements are coming. You've got fairly moderate people in the Democratic Party that are just done with where the party's gone. And it was all about how Trump was ruining it for Republicans not long ago. Well, Trump's not in elected office anymore. And if he doesn't run for president, and I'm back and forth on whether I want him to, we'll cover. We'll get more into that as time goes by. But he's going to be heavily involved either way. And I'm sorry. There is no problem. I don't care where you are as a Republican. You can <clears throat> kind of embrace Trump without bringing him in. Because he's not the sitting president. It's not expected. Youngkin laid it out. Glenn Youngkin winning in Virginia against Terry McAuliffe laid out the format for governors running in a blue or maybe purple state like New Hampshire. Now they like him in parts of New Hampshire. They love him, right? Outside of the cities. They're not that many. But <clears throat> you, you can get out of, you get in the rural areas in the Northeast. They showed up for his rallies. But does Trump need to do a rally for whomever's going to declare running for governor, you know, Sununu, unfortunately, not governor, I'm sorry, for Senate from New Hampshire, that open space for the U.S. Senate. Sununu would be a walk. He's a Republican governor with tremendous ratings in New Hampshire. Those ratings have gone down a little bit. He really likes being governor. I can't blame him. He doesn't like, you know, he doesn't want to maybe go to the representative side. It's too bad. The Republicans are almost begging him to run for Senate out of New Hampshire because he'd win that seat. That would be a steal from the Democrats. Um, but they're going after these guys and no one wants to lose and then retire. If you're going to retire, go out as a winner, right? Like Daryl Royal, coach of the uh, Texas Longhorse says, right? Some, you know, I don't want to bastardize the quote, but it's like, leave when they love you, right? Get out on a high note. And I think these Democrats, they see the writing on the wall. It's time to go. Right When Nancy Pelosi and AOC and senile Joe Biden are your bosses, it's time to leave. There's no saving them. There's no moderate anywhere. Right, Mansion and cinema are holdouts, but they're way more progressive than I'd ever be comfortable with people being. Um, so it's, it's coming down. You know, Biden might get a tiny boost for this infrastructure bill. It was a huge mistake. I, he waited till the day or the week of what will likely be the Rittenhouse verdict. And the same week Bannon was detained and carried in in cuffs for his hearing and charged with contempt of Congress. So Biden, if you didn't see it, it was a blurb on CNN. He signed the infrastructure. And CNN and those types tried to tout it big time, coming back on all this infrastructure for the American people. It's a flop in the press. Right, doing it on a Tuesday. If they do it, I think they did it today. Not bad. You got a week to work with it. It might give them a couple points, but in the end, it's a failure until they get reconciliation through big time socialist stuff that he's promising to his base that wants money from you. Don't say from the government. It's us. It's from taxpayers. It's wealth redistribution. So we have a party in power that is openly going after political enemies. A president that weighed in last year on the Rittenhouse case, right? And Jen Psaki horribly dodged that question because everybody knows now Kyle was legally carrying that gun and the evidence is shit. And Joe Biden talked about Kyle, a child at the time, 
like he was somebody that go to should go to prison or worse for a war crime like he was a terrorist i don't say shame on him because he's part of the party that feels no shame because remember kyle's a white male and from white liberals the self-hating people they are to all the minorities associated with liberalism white males deserve nothing we don't deserve freedom of speech we don't deserve anything because you go back to critical race theory this all goes full circle they want to get this in their heads early in schools white men and white people are inherently the day we are born we are oppressors and they want to make sure your kids know that it's all happening at once this is the big move they're calling the big play do i think they will succeed no i feel good about our defense we got the players we got the people do we need better than mitch mcconnell yeah but we're probably going to have to take him until he retires i don't see him getting primaried successfully it could happen and today when biden talked about signing the bill on the white house lawn he thanked mitch mcconnell don't think he's thanking mitch he knows what that does to mitch they hate each other right he knows that that is a dagger deservingly to mitch mcconnell politically i don't want to align with anybody that aligns with joe biden and mcconnell with all his calculations with all his bullshit dc alignment with democrats he signed on thinking it was like republicans always do we'll give them something it'll pay us later it never fucking pays them later republicans reach across the aisle and they get their arms chopped off right and it never is just them it's never just mitch mcconnell who pays it's our party that pays because they moderate us at a time we need to be moving further right and so screw you mitch you should have held out and you should have said no we need something for the border if this is infrastructure we need to secure our borders and that should have been the campaign biden hasn't been there harris hasn't been there and i'll close with this it's not news yet but it will be ted cruz in the hearing today with mayorkas and i'm going to look this up bear with me because this should be big this should be absolutely front and center Uh, i don't want to go to youtube but you can you can see this on youtube four hours ago ted cruz interrogates mayorkas over biden cages now this is not trickled out but 23 minutes ago finally a story on this and it's only video of Cruz confronting Mayorkas with a photo of migrants sleeping on a floor at Donna facility. This is one of, so this is the, yeah, DHS secretary, like I said, Homeland Security Mayorkas testified again today in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee. That's with Cruz, that's with um, Lindsey Graham, and a couple, of, I believe Ron Johnson's on that too. I really like him. I think Cruz has been fantastic, right? This is ideal for him because this is a guy that argued cases in front of the Supreme Court. He had a big blow-up picture, and I'm not going to play the sound, but I can fast forward to it. I'm sure they showed a little bit. Yeah, there's a picture here. Cruz shows, and that looks like a cage, and that looks like people sleeping with tin foil covers. The same image that we were sold was Barack or was Donald Trump when it turned out to be Barack Obama. So apparently, Democrats have a fetish with cages and tin foil, and maybe we can explore that in another episode. But the Honorable Alejandro Mayorkas does not look happy 
because I know I heard a bit of it live earlier. Cruz kept asking about Biden's cages. So it's not Trump cages anymore. It's Biden's cages. And didn't wasn't this like a major issue for the hysterical left? Of course it wasn't. Just like Rittenhouse, it's the same reason Rittenhouse was an issue. It's an emotional reaction and it's all about Trump. Rittenhouse is Donald Trump. You and I are Donald Trump the moment we challenge these people. Steve Bannon is the best they're going to get. They want him bad. They want him in jail for the worst and most serious charge they can get him associated with leading an insurrection. They want him to be the War of 1812, the sequel. That Steve Bannon literally led an insurrection and wanted to burn down, not the White House, but the Capitol building with the Democrats inside. There are people that believe without a doubt that's what happened. That's it. They wanted to kill people. And it was coordinated by Donald Trump and his minion, Steve Bannon, and some other low life, or not low life, but low level guys that they're trying to bring in front to. And they're all holding up. I hope Bannon goes in. The problem for Bannon isn't just that one year hit for contempt of Congress, which they're not going to release. Not one Democrat will drop that. They're they're hitting him with that no matter what. I don't see him getting out of that one. They're going to try to get him under oath, as they always do, to get him to unintentionally perjure himself. Get him on the record and try to catch him in a lie. So they can stack on perjury charges on top of the contempt of Congress. I don't think they're going to find shit as a smoking gun for insurrection. They're going to find statements and communications that they're going to try to interpret as leading what happened on that day. But I think they know somebody at the archives might already have told them, hey, it's not there. And so they're trying to clean up this mess that they started with whatever they can get out of it, right? Like sending a couple of Trump's minions away to jail, one he fired for some issues, but sending them to jail over nothing to do with Russian collusion, over charges they found and came up with from up to 15 years before, or perjury, like with Michael Flynn. That's all I've got. I hope it was a good show. Um, You know, you probably don't listen to it at once, so hopefully you heard what you wanted to hear. Uh, Keep communicating on Twitter or on email um, that uh, anything you want to hear about, I really do appreciate it. I will be back tomorrow. um, We might have an update on Rittenhouse. I don't think so, but I am hoping for a verdict this week. The longer the deliberations go, the more I believe there are holdouts to convict him of one of those charges. And that makes me nervous. I want him fully acquitted, but I don't, I can't see. My God, are they psychos. If this ends up in one of these charges being a hung jury, I can't imagine this prosecution and the DA trying to bring Kyle back, trying to do this all over again. But they're crazy, so who knows? Thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. We will talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day.